This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy as usual, Eric Bradley. And today we're talking to singer-songwriter Parker McCollum. You may know Parker from his number one song last year with Pretty Heart. We talked to Parker about how his productivity actually going down in quarantine and just how excited he is to get back out on the road and what he has coming up. But first, let's chat about our weekend in Chicago. I'm still recovering. I may not ever recover. <laughs> yeah, I think people are going to have to get used to this. Uh, Blake hung over when we record these <laughs> monologues every week. I lose my voice every every weekend when I DJ. So, yeah. Yeah, like we teased, we were rolling deep. And we had about fucking eight of us all weekend kind of cruising through uh, Chicago. Chicago is open. For those of you wondering, Chicago is open. Yeah, there's a different vibe and energy out there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're excited. I think this is their first weekend back yeah. open. Yep, it was their first weekend. I mean, even Joe and Clay were like, man, this city's back. So, and it was gorgeous. The weather was incredible. So, yeah, we got lucky. We got very lucky. They said it's been pretty shitty up until this last weekend. So, it was hot. It, it was hot. It wasn't gore. It was hot. <laughs> it was hot for us Colorado people, but for them, it wasn't bad. We just don't like humidity. We're spoiled out here. That day drinking and that heat, not fun. Yeah, it was quite the weekend. We didn't really stop. Uh, we got in Thursday, went straight to the Cubs game, didn't really stop the whole, whole weekend. So, uh, yeah, the show Saturday, huge success. Shout out to Kenny. Shout out to 115 Bourbon Street. Shout out to everybody who came out. Thank you guys so much. The boy band, everybody that came out. Hell of a night. Yeah, it was a great turnout. Talked to Kenny today, got the final head count. There's about like 800 people there. So, oh, nice. Chicago, Chicago, y'all brought it. Thank you, Chicago. Hell yeah, man. I was just telling Eddie, I was going to think it was about four or five on 800. Hell yeah, you guys. Love y'all. Thanks for coming. That was a hell of a show. I'll tell you what, the energy you guys gave. I mean, I left there. I was out of breath. I was sweating. My shirt was soaking wet. Yeah. I sweat through my shirt. Like if you, I wish I could pull it up. Like I have the white, like salt stains yep. <laughs> on my shirt. Like, cause yep. it was so hot in there. But I know so hot. I went back up to the VIP area and everybody was like trying to give me a hug. And I was like, don't touch me. I'm going <laughs> to fucking sell you. I'm going to get white salt fucking sweat all over you. Yeah. It was even crazy. Uh, when everyone kind of went up on stage, uh, Clay, Chris, and Pete, Pete. They came off stage and they're like, oh my God, the energy. Now I, Rendon's like, I'm becoming a DJ tomorrow. <laughs> and even Pete was like amazed. He was just like, man, this, you feed off that energy. Oh, dude, so much. He's like, he fell in love with it. Yeah. I like literally forget to catch my breath sometimes when I'm up there. And yeah, Pete was, there was a moment when Clay and Chris had gotten off and it was just me and Pete behind my board, behind the, you know, the stage. And, uh, I was like, wait till I play this next song. And I dropped it in and it started going. The crowd went crazy. And he was like, oh, I could get used to this. I was like, yeah, I told you, man. I was like, it's addicting, man. It's addicting. And Pete does want to pursue a little DJ career. Well, now he's going to be working for United, though. That might be a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in town listening, he'll probably be at our show this weekend in Mile High Spirits. I think the whole same crew is. Literally the whole same fucking crew <laughs> is going to be in Denver this weekend at my High Spirits Friday night, the 28th. Like, I, it wasn't even planned. Like, this wasn't planned. It just kind of has happened. Pete's here for a couple months. He's here for six weeks training at United. Clay is in town for something with his family. And then Chris was like, well, fuck it. I'm coming in town. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to be rolling deep Clay again. and Chris are going to be our new groupies. Yeah, they might come to every damn show I play this year. <laughs> for real, though. That's not even an exaggeration. Which that is exciting for the people here in Denver. Yeah, we could officially announce it. We'll be having a residency here playing at Mile High Spirits once a month. Excited. Shout out to Chase and everybody. Chase, Stephen Wynn. Yeah, thanks. 
Thank you guys. Yeah. Once a month, baby. And also the Chicago listeners, you know, after our call, my call with Kenny today, I think uh, there might be a residency in the work come fall. Say we'll be back out there. Yeah. Shout out to some of the listeners who we got to meet in Chicago that. Yeah. Yeah. That won the meet and greets. That was actually pretty cool. Really cool. Lucky, lucky winners from our meet and greet giveaway on uh, through the podcast. Thanks for coming out. They were awesome. Actually, they were one of the more fun groups for sure. Oh, um, also shout out to fucking Josh. Uh, we went to every happy camper in the damn country <laughs> Saturday. So <laughs> no, that was, was that, that was Friday. No, you're right. That was Friday. We went to both happy campers, paradise, Pete's park, fucking all of them. That was Thursday. The first night. Oh my God. You're right. It was Thursday. That's why I was so hungover. Uh, That's what, yeah. We, we went on a, uh, happy camper pub crawl. <laughs> yeah. Legitimately. We had every one of them in the city. And yeah, that's why I couldn't really get out of bed on Friday morning. And a fitness in the park. What didn't we do on fucking Thursday? Cubs game. <laughs> and then the, oh, fuck. yeah, shout out to fitness in the park. That was actually pretty cool. That's a really cool thing they got going out there. Mm-hmm. They got like local DJs. They were, they have some local sponsors. So yeah, if you're in Chicago guys, go check out fitness at the park every Thursday out there in the summertime. Yeah. Then it's really cool that they have grown that to us about a hundred people organically. Yeah. Yeah. Organically starting through quarantine. Yeah, exactly. So pretty cool by them. I think it'll just get bigger for them too as, as time goes on. So how about you, Eddie? What's, what did you do this weekend? Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> just crazy, crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> crazy, crazy, you know, people, uh, parties and um, girls, lots of girls and, um, um, and, and stuff like that, you know, really Beach, a lot. Actually, it was really a crazy <laughs> weekend for me. On a serious note, though, are you guys open out there? Uh, yeah, it just started this week. On uh, Tuesday, I went to this little diner I go to, and I walked in with my mask on, and the hostess, I realized as I was talking to her, she didn't have a mask on. Then a waitress comes up and says, I'll seat you. And I just kind of pointed at my face. I said, are we not doing this now? And she said, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to. Man, I ripped that thing off like, <laughs> like a girl taking her bra off after a day of work, man. I was like, get this off my face. And then Friday went into Starbucks and yeah, they've got that sign on the door that's got a picture of a mask on it. But I didn't read it. So on Friday, I read it. It said masks are optional for customers who've been vaccinated. I saw, didn't Walmart and like Target and some others do the same thing? They were like, which I thought they were going to be the last people to take the mask mandate off. But no. Yeah, no, um, it's it's feeling pretty open and it's so We need to go down there, Eric. Yeah. We'll go down there. Event. When's like your, don't you have a big music fest or do they cancel that? Uh, well, it was uh, to be the first week of June. And as they were planning for it, it didn't look like it was going to happen. It. So it's yeah. been pushed, but man, we're announcing two concerts a week right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. We'll be down there for one of them. Hopefully we'll find our way oh, down. Yeah. We'll have to find a good weekend to go down. Yeah. I've never been down to Virginia beach. So I really want to go down there for great things. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think you and Beach, I mean, I don't know if it'd be any fun or not, but you know. <laughs> well played, Eddie. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta plan a uh, promotion giveaway on the beach that weekend. Yeah, we'll do some meet and greets. For the station. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can do some meet and greets for your station for sure. That'd be fun. <laughs> Give them away on the radio. That'll be fun. Yeah. Is there, I wonder if there's a bar down there I can DJ at too, or club. Oh, we could find something, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure something yeah. out. I think Eddie would probably pay you out of pocket just to DJ from his back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just for the cast offs. Well, ladies, Blake is busy. Uh, Eric is also busy, but hi, I'm Eddie. You may have heard me on the podcast. <laughs> we'll see. 
I'll figure something out. We'll make our way down there. But um, yeah, I guess really the only thing coming up, Denver this weekend. Yeah. Hopefully we have a couple in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll see what happens, barring schedules. Um, we'll surely announce those as we go. So again, thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Kenny, 115 Bourbon Street, and everybody else who came out. Appreciate all the love. Virgin Hotels. Yeah. Virgin Hotel downtown. For putting us up, taking care of us there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So... All right, coming up, our conversation with Parker McCollum, Behind the Rose. Parker McCollum, thanks for coming on, Parker. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's a treat. Absolutely. We were just saying, I haven't met you yet, so it's nice to officially meet you, man. But Eric, you've met him and stuff, and you've seen his yep. shows, uh, and it's got to be feel good to get back out there, man. I mean, you, you just said you've been playing last month or so? We've been, we've been playing the last month. It's, it is absolutely nuts right now when we walk out on stage. It's, you can just feel that they are, they want, they are there and ready to see you just as, just as ready as you are to see them. Mm-hmm. And so never in my wildest dreams did I think we'd go a year without that. It wasn't even a possibility when I thought about the future. And so the fact that that's behind us and, and it's kind of, you know, we feel like we're back on the road at least a little bit right now is yeah. incredible. It's amazing. Dude, I just, I feel like these crowds from here on out, man, for the next, who knows, maybe next few years, man, are just going to be wild. Like they are going to come balls to the wall a hundred percent for every single show, whether it's a Tuesday or Wednesday, man, it's going to be wild. I definitely think like listeners and fans, like they have a deeper appreciation for music now and what was taken away from, from everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, they deserve live music and to, and to go out and cut loose and have a beer with their friends and, and feel normal. And everybody, I think, you know, whether you're on stage or in the crowd, like, you know, we paid our, we paid some serious dues the last year, man. Everybody deserves and has earned uh, that experience to come back and, and be as righteous and insanely rowdy as it's ever been. So hopefully it's that way for a while. Amen, man. Amen. And congrats, man, on all, this, all of the success. We'll talk about what you got dropping and what you got coming up and stuff. But how has quarantine been for you, man? Like, have you been writing a lot of music in quarantine? Were you just bored out of your fucking mind, drinking more? Like, what's what's quarantine looked like for you? Man, there was there was a couple times where I, I think I let it, I, it kind of got away from me for a minute. And I was drinking quite a bit and, and really just bored and mm-hmm. um, kind of running out of things to do. I hunted a lot. Um, I was at the ranch a lot back in Texas. And you know, at, at the beginning of COVID, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can, I'm going to woodshed and just write and write and practice every single day. No worries. And, and man, I just didn't do that even <laughs> all, like for an entire year. I wrote one song. It's on this new record that's coming out this summer. And that's called Rest of My Life. I wrote it in like 20 minutes at 11 a.m. Got out of the shower, humming the melody to write it. And other than that, I don't think I wrote anything else during COVID. That's interesting. So do you think that you write better on the road like do you think that like the road like that energy and stuff kind of helps with your creativeness when writing music yeah i just i didn't feel like to be completely honest i did not feel like an artist sitting at the house not on the road not on my bus not playing shows not um flying to nashville every week and writing and and just like the more the faster life is and and the crazier and hectic more hectic it is like i feel like i'm the more creative i am and it just you know and i'm and you're kind of forced like when you have just this colossal amount of time every like whether it was doing dishes or practicing i was like i'll just do it tomorrow mm-hmm. that was, and that went on for a year so when i'm like really really in the grind and life's at 100 miles an hour like i know tonight when i get off stage i need to stay up till two or three and just crank out some melodies or something and I just wasn't doing that during COVID. I was doing everything that I never have time to do when life's normal, um, yeah. which is good. And then, but it's, it's over. It's time to get back to work. 
No, hundred percent. I'm I'm the same. So I'm a big routine guy. So quarantine killed me. Like I had zero routine, man. Like I didn't. Yeah, I was like same as you. Like I was like, oh, I'll just do this next week. Like it was like one of those things, you know. So I totally can relate to that, man. And then as far as you talked about going back to Texas where you grew up and everything, man. What was Texas like growing up? Did you like immediately know like music is my thing? Like that's what I want to pursue. Or how did that work for you? Man, I was always singing when I was little, and I was really, really. Uh, I guess I didn't realize it when I was little, but like looking back, I was always hooked on songs and melodies and, and hit songs. Like the first time I heard Amarillo by morning, I was just obsessed with it. The first time I heard Carroll County accident by Porter Wagner, I was obsessed with it. And we just wear those tapes out and those CDs out. But I didn't, my older brother's Tyler's phenomenal songwriter and really was the one who turned me on to songwriters and stuff. And so when I really got into like junior high, high school and, and started kind of obsessing over songwriters, Hayes Carl and Slade Cleese and James McMurtry and guys like that. And, you know, Chris Knight and Steve Earl and really, really got in Rodney Crowell, the list, super long list. That's when I was like, this is what I want to do. And so kind of as I went through high school and kind of got into some other things that maybe make you pretty creative, <laughs> you know, I'd sneak out on the roof and junior and senior high school and mom would go to bed. I'd sneak out on my roof and, take a puff or two and go back inside and just play guitar till three or four in the morning and get up and go to school at 7am and then come home and do it again. And that's really kind of where I remember just staying up late at night going, I can do this. Like I get this. It makes sense to me. Connecting with people through songs and melodies is something that I understand very well. And I'm just glad that I wasn't entirely wrong. How good was that puff puff back then? <laughs> and it was Reggie back then. So it was a Texas red dirt. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a big deal to like get some dro. You know, I remember the first time I heard the word hydro, I was like, all right. And I saw it and I was like, Ew! <laughs> uh, you know, now that things are going well and, and we make a little bit of money doing what we're doing, there's no more Reggie involved in the day to day. But and I did notice that you are coming through Colorado twice in the next couple months. So hell yeah. Which is really good and really bad because yeah. <laughs> so many things in, in Colorado that if you get a hold of them before you go on stage, it's just a disaster. So if you can just have the self-discipline to wait till the show is over, it's really a good experience. Yeah, like halfway through the show, halfway through the show, you know. You're just <laughs> Sometimes I will if you'll watch, if you'll watch my crew on side stage, like my production manager or my monitor guy or whatever, I'll go to the talk back and I'll be like, hey, put a little edible you know, on the drum riser or on my little table. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep my eye out for that. Yeah. Like, well, you know, if it's a 90 minute set, when we're at 75 minutes, just walk it out there and we'll kind of, I'll have the band do something, whatever, and I'll hawk it down. And then by the time I come off stage, it's just ding dong mode. Yeah, it's perfect timing. Next time the drummer's doing a solo, you're, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. you're getting ready for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to come to Colorado. We'll definitely probably be there for sure. If yeah. we're not country jam. But country yeah, oh, country jam. jam. We're mm -hmm. gonna be a country jam. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll be there. That's a fun festival. We've never played a country jam, man. We're super stoked. Yeah, man. It's it's a good one. You talked about your guitar playing, but you play a lot of different instruments, right? Yeah, I dabble a little bit. Really, harmonica and, and guitar are kind of my two main things. I try to. That's really what I write on a lot. I play piano a little bit, and they kick me off the drum set all the time and sound check when it's time to actually sound check and be serious about things. But yeah, harmonica and guitar are really my my two main focuses harmonica that's dope i don't know many people who play harmonica i don't play it very well i don't play guitar very well or sing very well or write songs very well <laughs> you know what though like it was a john popper blues travelers that guy oh, on harmonica fuck, is yeah. insane he's world class yeah i say he might be the best ever <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing quite like a harmonica solo when you think about it it's an incredible instrument and it's so uh 
you know, most like guitar is such a big, loud instrument, you know, someone that's really ripping. And so to rip on harmonica, it's like, and we got to have a lot of respect for that because it's mm-hmm. not the most appealing. No, 100%. I couldn't agree more. So as far as like, you know, those instruments stuff, what was your musical influence? Because I remember, you know, Texas country is like different. Like Texas country is different than any, any other country all over, you know, or any other music all over the country. I remember I went to a concert at Grizzly Rose with you, Eric, and I can't remember who it was. And it was like a good musician, but the Grizzly Rose was packed shoulder to shoulder. And he was like, yeah, this is Texas country. He's like, it's different down there. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it's got to be Randy Rogers or Josh Abbott, maybe. Maybe it's both of those, to be honest. Yeah. But so like, what was your musical influence growing up? Man, it, it was a bunch of phases for me, really. Like the very earliest I can remember, like my mom was super into like the Judds and Johnny Cash. And my granddad loved like Porter Wagner and Buck Owens and George Jones and Ray Price and uh, Charlie Pride. And then really kind of once I got older and started listening to like what I wanted to listen to, which was really everything. It was all influenced by my older brother, Tyler. And he would like started, he was super into like Pat Green and Corey Morrow and uh, Ragweed and Randy Rogers and man, you name it. It was in Robert Earl Keen and Lyle Lovett. And then that all kind of led into the, the Rodney Crown, the Towns Van Zandt and the Guy Clark and then Chris Knight and the, uh, the James McMurtry and the Steve Earl and really kind of got into the more the, the songwriter songwriters kind of time of my life that was like super junior high and high school time for me and then ryan bingham and the turnpike troubadours came along and i was that really really changed a lot for me and 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 um influenced me super super heavy and then you know george Strait was someone that my parents were listening to from the time that i can very first remember hearing music so i've been he's been my number one tied with john mayer for all time but i didn't get into john mayer until i was probably 18 or 19 and i've just been obsessed with them too and tried to kind of weave my way up the middle of between their careers for try to take a little bit from each and if i can land somewhere in the middle one day that's a great place to be so those are some talented musicians right there yeah yeah i mean and just absolute goats of their genre and, and of their times and super long relevant illustrious careers that any artist can only dream to have so yeah i was uh it's i was all over the board though man i went through a lot of yeah, that's a good thing, though, because I think that's important for musicians. I think nowadays, especially like it's allowed to have different genres. Like, I think you're allowed to like mix and match where back in the day, like, you know, like old school country was like old school country, and nothing else. So like, I kind of like music these days when they're mixing genres and stuff, which is interesting that you just said that because like Alan Jackson just recently came out and kind of bashed today's country music, like in a quote. If Alan Jackson, he he's a he's a goat, man. So mm-hmm. If he feels like something's the way it is, he's probably right about it. You know, there's a lot of country music that comes out today that I'm not a super big fan of, but there's a lot of it that I am a big fan of that's on the radio and that isn't on the radio. I understand why someone may be that way, especially someone who's been doing it for as long as he has. But for me, if if someone works really, really hard and loves what they do and, and believes in the music that they put out, then who am I to, it's all subjective, you know, who am Amen, I to yeah. good or bad? So yeah. as long as they hustle, man, and, and they're not a ding dong about it, I'm probably cool with it. I actually liked what you said earlier when you said like how the music can relate to people. Like, I think that's incredibly, if like your music strikes a chord with somebody, really relates to somebody, then that, I mean, that's good music, you know, it's good music to them. If it's a back road song or if it's he stopped loving her today or, or anything in between, man, it's, it's, uh, who am I to say that it's good or bad or not? You know, I only know what I like. Amen, man. We'll be right back.
let's get into some of the music you've currently got and some coming out down the line. Um, to Be Loved By You just came out, man. What was kind of the inspiration behind that? And what do you want the audience to relate to in that? And that's Man, that song was, I was kind of living it at the time when I wrote it. I was actually headed to bus call one day. I was going on the bus and we were about to go on the road. And I had my merch guy, Lane Peace, with me in my truck. And Hallie Ray, my girlfriend, and I were kind of going through it at the time. And I kind of had said out loud, you know, man, what does it take to be loved by that girl? And he was like, man, you should write that down. And, uh, but I didn't write it down. I just, we were about to be at the bus. So I just got one of my guitars and got in the back lounge and knocked out that. I didn't even write it down. I just sang that first verse and chorus. Exactly how it came out is exactly how it is on the, just kind of freestyling is, is exactly how it is on the record. And and I hit a little iPhone record and I didn't touch it. A couple weeks later, I was right with my buddy Red Akins and Hallie Ray and I were still kind of going through it. So I was trying to kind of feed off of that. And and he was like, man, that's really good. We ought to, you know, try to finish that up. And and we did super quick. It happened really quickly that day, which it's never like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember him being like, dude, it's just done. Just don't, don't touch it. It's done. That's it. And he's like, you did really good. I'm glad I could be a part of that. Don't touch it. It's finished. Wow. And so I put it away until it just kind of in the stack until we went and cut the record. And I remember that was the first one that came to mind. I was like, I got to cut that song. So I think it turned out well. It's doing good on the radio. So I would say absolutely, man. It's charting now. Right? Yeah. Just cracked top 40 on Monday, I think. I find myself asking asking myself that same question to every woman that I meet. <laughs> <laughs> what Dude, in the hell does, does a man it. have to do? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good song, man. And that's so cool, the story behind it like that. Because those are some of my favorite songs is when it's like heat of the moment. Then you say it, like you said, and it was like, ooh, like, ooh that, that's pretty good. That should be a song, you know? So that's pretty dope. And it sounds like it's like you put a lot behind it, too. Only that would happen every time. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Job be a lot easier for yeah. sure. So everybody go check out To Be Loved By You. And then you also have a new song coming out, and that's Drinking. Yeah, walk us through that too. And if you can give any kind of hint towards, you know, kind of what the song's about. Drinking that stuff. Drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I know I saw somebody comment on something and they were like, oh, wow, what an inconspicuous title or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, it's really not a drinking song. It's not like a party. I've never put out a fun song or a drinking song or anything like that. It's but the, um, when you hear it, you'll understand why it's called drinking. But man, I wrote that song three years ago. And oh, wow. Summer, almost three years ago, summer of 2018. And that was our first summer on a tour bus. And, and it was just rowdy, man. Life was, life was super, super fun. But uh, I was kind of paying the price some days of the week for how fun and rowdy it was. And on those days, I'd be sitting in the house, you know, with all the blinds closed and just trying to write sad country songs and drinking kind of came out of that that was actually real late at night one day it was not during the day it was real late at night and probably three or four in the morning and i remember just hit record in my bedroom and and that came out I ended up finishing it with my buddy lee miller um it was kind of like to be loved by you he was like man that's good just you know don't touch it that's fine what it is and i think we finished the course together and I can't even remember. It was three years ago, you know, and yeah. I never thought about that song again until um, I never turn stuff in. Like when I write songs, I usually just keep them to myself. I don't ever give them to the label or to my publishing company. And for some reason, that one made it in there. And so we went and cut the record. The label was like, man, you ought to just demo this one, see how it goes. And the demo is actually the final track. We never like that turned out so oh, well. Wow. I made the record. And so they asked what song it's on the full album that comes out this summer. And and they were like, what song would you want to put out to kind of tease the record and give your fans something early? And I was like, man, let's just put drinking out. I think it, I think people will connect with it and it's super honest and, and there's nothing fake or, or bullshit about it or anything like that. So hopefully that's not too far off. So you, you were just talking about the record. It's a tease for your record. Do you have a record release date? Yeah, I know it's probably summer sometime. 
Yeah, towards the end of the summer. I okay. can't. I can't. I don't want to say the exact date because being on a major label, you just learn that if they say May nineteenth, that means like July four. <laughs> um, but it'll be out sometime this summer, and and it's called Gold Chain Cowboy. So I'm looking forward to it. Ooh, I like that Gold Chain Cowboy. Cool. Yeah, everybody go keep their eye out. And then you're also going to be out on tour with Dirk Bentley, right? Uh, yeah, we start. I think into July. Start on that tour, maybe something like that hell yeah man that'll be a fun tour that'll be a yeah. great tour that dirk's camp is incredible yeah dude he's he's such a he's just a class act dude man he's one of the sweetest guys in town and and has had an insane career and that tour was supposed to be last summer and i remember just being real bummed that we weren't going to get to do it during covid and so i'm glad that they didn't skip over it or anything yeah. they're going to let it happen and it's not it was supposed to be like 40 or 50 shows now it's only like 20 i think but Man, after everything we've been through, I'll take anything I can right. get. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I want to talk about the video that you guys made to announce the everything, the Eastbound and Down. But dude, that's a I'm a huge Eastbound and Down fan, man. Like, what was <laughs> Who is behind it? that? <laughs> yeah, like I feel like it's got a bit of a cult following, though. Like, not everybody knows about it. But where did that come from? Man, I I don't know. It was it was one of those things that I didn't have a hand in. I think that was all Dirks and his team, and you know, obviously everybody knows that song. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't any pressure there, but we all showed up and I think we did four or five takes with Dirk's band and I didn't really know what it was going to be, if they were going to use the whole thing or, or what it was going to really end up being as far as, you know, on the internet or whatever. And, uh, and so it was, it was just as much of a surprise to me as it was anyone else when they, I have not seen this. Yeah. You gotta go watch it. You gotta go watch it. It's pretty great, man. It's just Dirk's Riley and I in his, uh, man, just ripping it at, uh, I think it was at, I don't remember where we did it. It was like two weeks, three weeks ago. I can't remember where. Um, it's incredible. It was so cool. Such I a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it was at the Mercy Lounge. That's great. I, I loved it. I was like, this is such a unique like idea to like announce a, yeah. a tour and everything. Yeah, it was, it was dope. So, yeah. So everybody, go check them out. Check the uh, Dirk Bentley tour dates. Go check out Parker. Now, where can everybody find you as far as like you know Instagram, Spotify, all that kind of stuff, Twitter. In 2021, if it's on the internet, we're probably on it. Uh, <laughs> It's everything's just my name, Parker McCollum. So website, Instagram, Twitter, the talk, all that good stuff. And we uh and we do have like a we have partnered with the Grizzly Rose and I know you played there I wanna say last year, but it was two years ago now. Man, I think it was last year, right after we played that Steamboat Music Fest. Mm. Was it still last year? Yeah, I think it was January of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I mean you had that place rocking. Grizzly's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Did you sell that out and get the belt buckle? Yeah, yeah, they sold Hell it out yeah. and got the belt buckle and all of it. That's dope, man. Now you're just going to have to come back and get the double belt buckle, right? Is that how it works? You sell out twice? Yeah, you sell, well, if you sell two nights in a row, you get a black belt buckle, the black rhinestone. I'm working on the – or we're playing the Levitt Pavilion, I think, in June or July. Yeah, which is a cool little outdoor it is. amphitheater. You know, like 5,000 cap, I think, pre-sale today. Like, tickets aren't even on sale. It was just pre-sale. It was like 1,500 tickets. So. Damn. Hopefully it'll sell out. That would be rowdy to sell that one out. So that's a long yeah. way. Yeah. Now if I say that, that's a dope little outdoor venue. Like you said, Eric, that's cool little venue. So as you said, that's like June, July sometime? Uh, yeah, June or July. Maybe ju- like July. July 10th. July 10th. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll be there if we're in town for sure. So cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, everybody go uh, listen to To Be Loved by You and check out Drinking this Friday. Yeah, man, congrats. Like I said, congrats on all the... Uh, success man i bet a lot to come i'm sure we'll hear a lot more from you no i hope so man appreciate you guys putting up with me blake eric thank you guys man thanks for listening everyone be sure to follow our instagram at behind the rose podcast don't forget to subscribe comment like and give us all five of those damn stars 
Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose. <laughs>